Good. Hey, this is Bob Nalbandian. And Matt Hartnett. From the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. You can subscribe and download all episodes of the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast via the CMS Podcast Network at cmspn.com or any of your favorite podcast directories, including Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and more. And while you're at it, be sure to rate and comment about the podcast and spread the word. And if you'd like to donate to the podcast, go to our PayPal account at shockwavesskullsessions at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support of the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast over the years, and stay tuned for more great episodes every week. You are about to enter the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast on shockwaveskullsessions.com. And now your host, Bob Nalbandian. So how you doing, man? Everything good? Good. Everything bored, boring. Yeah. You know. yeah. Well, at least you got your Harley, right? You can take your Harley out here I and there. Having it painted right now, so I don't even have my bike. Uh, and, and you got such beautiful weather now, too. It's all so, sunny now. And I actually took it to the painter in November, so hopefully I'm going to get it back soon. All right. Well, hopefully, man. Hopefully. Well, cool, dude. Uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the Toxic Vault. Of course, uh, we got the mighty Steve Zuza, uh, Zuza Zetro, the mighty Zetro uh, on this uh, episode. And uh, your Toxic Vault, man. I love that podcast, not just because you featured me on it, of course, but I've been digging it for a while. Uh, and, uh, dude, I love the background setup you have on it. Just such a cool uh, cool uh, setup, your old uh, vault there, uh, the metal vault. Uh, talk a little bit about how that, uh, I know you've got your uh, uh, producer, Wayne, who we were going to try to get on here. He uh, Is it just something you guys just put together? He's our, he does all the back scenes. He wants me to do all this stuff. I When you said we'll get you both on, I was like, ah, if we get Wayne, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll buy everybody lunch. You kidding me? So I kind of knew that. Actually, this was an idea from um, the Creature Feature host, Vincent Van Dahl, who does the Creature Features. And he said, I, I was a guest a few times on the show, and I do the, the theme song for the show. And I, I said, he said to me, he goes, you know, you need to do your own webcast. I go, podcast? He's on, no, webcast. He's on where you go. and People can actually see you. So he was, gave me a lot of the set. Although all the toys and all that stuff I built, my the toys now are all gifts from fans. Now, at first, they were my toys that were on the set. But now, right. they're all gifts from uh, fans because, you know, I interact with them. I have them. I have a P.O. box. They send me letters. I do letters uh, episodes. I do uh, episodes where I talk about their comments. So, I make them a part of the show. So, a lot of the fans know that I'm a huge horror fan and they send me horror toys and stuff. And I said, if you send it, I'll put it, find somewhere on the set to put it. I'll move them in and out from time to time. But, you know, I pretty much do that. And they have been. So he gave me the idea to do it. And then I thought, you know, I'll get, I didn't even know what to do at first. I was like, I'll review movies. Uh, I'll talk about this. I'll do this. And then um, I kind of found that our niche on the show is doing the interviews with the old school metal guys and stuff. I mean, those are the interviews that are, that are going over well, the guys that 
from Forbidden and the guys from Death Angel and the guys from Testament, you know what I mean? And I get those guys in and anybody else. It seems like those are the um, the meat and potatoes of it. And uh, when I started doing it, because I don't have any time limit on it, I kind of take each individual person and start from the beginning. Like, what made you this? What, what at five or six years old or 10 or 12, turned you is were your parents hippies were they in this were you watching cartoons were you into horror movies did you always like whatever it was i always try to start and grow through a chronological timeline to give fans a better perspective of you know when or how this all came about you know i spent actually eight hours with craig LaCicero from forbidden and we talked all beginning <laughs> to now with his new act dress the dead but i've done that with so many other artists and i a lot of what i do is i try to find out how did you become this you know what i mean we're not like let's talk about your first record let's talk about your first kiss let's talk about the first time you played at the eighth grade talent show you know what i mean that what what made who you are now and how you got it so a lot of that is is what i do but like uh, I go live on it every once in a while and I'll take comments. Um, I'll have anybody on. I had a fireman on, I had you on, I have, uh, you know, people that do certain products, I have toy makers, whoever, if it's, if it's interesting or it's pop culture ish, you know, or has some merit, I, I'll, 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 I'll talk to it, you know, I'll bring them in and see what's up. I love that. And I love the fact you do it live in your studio or in your vault, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the new technology is great with obviously Zoom and we're using StreamYard. And I see we're having a little bit of audio issues here. But, you know, you always get that. But doing it live in the studio and being, you know, in the Bay Area and growing up there and being a part of that scene and having so many of the great bands from that that area, you could just get them in live in the studio. It works so much better for you. I well, think. I I, I I feel that there's so many stories to tell from different angles. I mean, it, I'll just take Forbidden, it, for instance. There's five or six different stories there, depending on who you talk to. You know what I mean? So mm. it's all interesting and relevant. I could talk to Craig or Matt or Glenn or Steve Smythe or... or, or uh, um, or Mark Hernandez, it doesn't matter who was ever there, you know, they have their own take on how it went down. And I, I find that it never gets boring when I bring that, bring those, those, even if it's the same band, they've got their own take on how they, they became out of it. So I, I kind of like that. I always liked when I watch, you know, like a, a movie, a documentary or something, and they tell you the actors and what they did before or what they did after and how they got in this, and you know, when, when they died and what they did up till they're dead. Just, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. And I try to ask those questions. I love it. You get the full spectrum. And as you said, you've got so many different people. And I love when you talk about reviews and stuff. And you'll even go through some of the old Exodus catalog and different movies and different yes. kind of stuff. It's yeah. exciting. I like I'll, I'll like um, I'll do a band that I like, and I'll just talk about how they influenced me, and then I'll do, obviously, the records that I did in unison, you know. So, you know, and I'll talk about those and what it was like to record them, and what was going through our heads at that time, you know what I mean, and what we were thinking, as, um, you know, going into the project or going into this or coming off of this and going into this and then coming out of it, because a lot of people, you know. 
They want to know what what were you guys thinking? What was going on when you wrote this record? Why did you write it like that? You know what I mean. And I try mm -hmm. to fill those gaps in. And you keep it pretty consistent too. You do it pretty much weekly, right? Uh, yeah. The podcast. Yeah. Don't have a guest or something. I'll go live and I'll just take comments because Exodus has a new record that'll be out in the summertime, Persona Non Grata, and I. People want to talk about it, although I, I, there's not much I can say. I mean, I'm on a gag order pretty much. So, I, I mean, everybody <laughs> knows it's coming out this summer and they know the title, but I can't tell you how many songs. I can't tell you. I can't give you a comparison of what this album sounds like to another. We're kind of all under like, shut up. Oh, that squashes all my questions. All right, Zetro, nice talking to you, man. I'll see you later. Exactly. <laughs> People are like, so what's about the new I go, I can't. You'll hear it as it comes out. Is there going to be a single released? Ah, yeah, probably. You know, do you have a release date? No. What's the album cover look like? Haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know nothing about it. Is there any covers on this on the album? Can't tell you that. But what I'll tell you is, everybody knows Japanese albums always have to have extra tracks because they're more expensive. So that's as far as I'll go with that, okay? So use your own imagination. But, I mean, there's a lot that I can't say, you know. But, again, it's fun kind of toying with it a little bit, you know. So mix yeah, it yeah. up. You know, it's it funny because I was. And been yeah. Like, well, oh God, he's being so secretive about it. But we all know it's done and it's out there, you know, so. Well, Bill's a suspense, man. I mean, a lot of people are looking forward to it, and I I, I can't wait, man. So, uh, you know, it's funny because I was just talking to somebody, and, um, you know, we we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, the documentary I did, that the Bay Area Godfathers. We got part two coming out in March, and he was kind of saying, man, oh, there's so much attention now on, on, on the, you know, the thrash bands and all these bands, and it's like, because they're they're, they're still relevant today. I mean, all, you know, I'm thinking about all the bands, you know, from the 80s. If you think about, uh, you know, when the label signed a lot of these bands in Exodus and Metallica and the bands from San Francisco and New York and L.A. were coming out. It was mostly a lot of the, um, you know, that the hair metal bands got the big deals and all that. And everyone thought that was going to be the big bands with the longevity. And it's funny seeing how, you know, of course, all the bands go through the drama, you know, that, you know, of course, Metallica did, Exodus did, as you know, through the 90s particularly and went through a little bit of changes. But it seems like since the new millennium, you know, it's really been the thrash bands, you know. I mean, you look at Exodus, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Overkill, Testament, Death Angel. You guys have put out some of your best albums. Absolutely. And it seems like you guys are almost bigger than you were in the 80s. And I'll include Armored Saint and Metal Church and bands like that as well. Um, and all the other bands went through, you know, the you know the, the Motley's, Great White, all the, you know, Rat, uh, whatever, Dawkins. They've gone through, through so much drama, Quiet Riot. There might be one member left or no members left or two bands with the same name. And it's just a fucking mess. And they're not putting out, you know, they're reissuing best of albums and doing uh, re-recording albums. And, you know, they're not putting out great, consistent new music. And you guys... You know, the bands I mentioned, all these thrash bands, like I said, putting out brand new music, still super relevant. And, you know, just uh, wh why do you think that is? Uh, what's what kind of got uh, I mean, there's it's just so much more integrity 
with uh, with you guys. Wayne, if you go and with the last, well, any of the records, I thought For All Kings by Anthrax was great. Absolutely. Love worship music. I thought Dystopia by Megadeth was fucking awesome. Yeah. I thought, and even because I can't say this because I wrote lyrics on them, but the last four Testament records were awesome. Death Angel record got nominated for a fucking Grammy. Yeah. Who in our genre is putting out shit? Nobody. Nobody. And like I said, the wave of hair metal bands and those type of bands, power metal bands from the 80s, there's not a group of them like our subgenre group that are all being solid and putting out new music that people are going, whoa, did you hear the new da 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 Oh, yeah, I remember them in the 80s. No, dude, they got a new album out. Sounds fucking great. That really isn't holding a candle to like the, I guess, the great whites and the slaughters, a band that that pulled at one point, one point in time, you know, and we always kind of played to their videos, but. You know, it's funny. Tom Araya told me one thing a long, 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 long ago. He said, Zetro, just stay heavy and everything else will fall into place. <laughs> and he's right, because all of the heavy bands are still like all of it. You know, look at the who's the biggest band in the world. They're a thrash band. If you really look at it from the beginning, the biggest band in the world is a thrash band. Yeah. And you would have never known, biggest you band. know, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, uh, I'm not. Back then, in 1985, as I remember, because I'm 21 years old, I just finished the Legacy demo. I had a guy, a very good friend of mine, and I remember the conversation fucking vividly. And he said, "Do you ever think Metallica will ever have a a band like Metallica will ever have a number one record?" And I said. Of course I do. And, and he was trying to rip me apart going, it'll never happen. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. And this is 1985. As, as, as society gets heavier, so will the music. And look, here we are, 35, 36 years later. And who's the biggest band? Not just the biggest thrash band in the world the biggest rock band. fucking band in the world. You know, it's funny because there was, uh, what do you what do you kind of see the uh, uh, future of uh, thrash metal for, for new bands? You know, you had that new wave of thrash metal bands that came out, you know, throughout the, 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 the 2000s, really. Uh, I mean, I, Power Trip were, were one of my favorites. Of course, it was such a shame when Riley passed away. But, you know, Havoc, you had Municipal Waste, uh, you know, Ex Mortis, Warbringer, you know, uh, Holy Grail, Fuel by Fire, so many Good. bands. Um, you know, there wasn't really, you know, they obviously toured a lot. You know, that was that was their main thing. They had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, support from, you know, bands like Exodus and, of course, Megadeth and a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, godfathers of thrash, so to speak. But, um uh, you know, it's, it's been very difficult for them without the outlets that you guys had, you know, with the Headbangers Ball and all that kind of stuff and with record sales. Do you see, uh, what, what do you see with the um, future of uh, young thrash metal? Definitely harder to make it these days, although it's great. I mean, my sons, the Mighty yes. Patriot, they're, they're another one that is, and these guys have jobs and to go out, they'd have to go out in a van and it's just a different world now we were when we came up and we came out we had to do that too but there was always 
It seemed like a light at the end of the tunnel. First record was like you'd be in a van as you moved up towards you get into a bus and then hotels and then, you know, as you, as you grew. And we were at a point in time when we were the forefathers of a sound. So when you're the, in, you know, the, the, the innovators of a sound, you're kind of revered a little bit. And you're always considered like that legendary band because they were, whoa, these guys are one of the first to ever do it. For newer bands, especially in metal, it's, there's so many mediums to listen to things and to see videos. There's a lot of competition. So, uh, you know, a lot of, it seems like because they're like, you know, about the, the initial thrash bands, the, the OGs, us, all the OGs, are still shit. So people haven't kind of like went to the next tier looking for them as their new heroes yet because we're all still relevant. You know what I mean? I don't see like a new wave of British heavy metal. There's not many bands that you see newer bands that sound like Saxon or Judas Priest or, or Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? It's like those were the bands that did that. But with Thrash, we do see that. Like you said, we do see bands like Municipal Waste and Havoc and and um and hatred and bands that are coming out in ex mortis and, and bands like that and and um warbringer and and i love it and it and it inspires me because it shows me that we still have um so many more you know so much more history that's going to be coming following us when it's time for us to pass the torch but that's not happening anytime soon i'm 68 I got a long way to go. <laughs> right on. Yeah, man, it, it is. It is great. Hopefully uh, these bands will continue. I actually saw Hatriot uh, open for a power trip at uh, uh, San Jose at uh, uh, the Ritz. And great show, man. Great band. Uh, and you got both your sons, Nicholas and Cody, in that band, right? And you just had yeah. Cody on uh, the Toxic Fault. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're doing good. All I right. Recording uh, their fourth album. Very cool. Now you had you had uh, apart from Exodus, as a lot of people know, you had different a lot of different side projects. Uh, you know, of course, you mentioned Hatriot uh, that you spent some time with, and uh, of course, the uh, Dublin Death Patrol. I think you mostly did stuff in Europe with that band, right? I know you did some big festivals, and uh, uh, of course, the original singer for Legacy festivals over. There. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, we did some of that in um, the Bay Area. Didn't do too much touring. We did, like you said, some European stuff. There was kind of like just. Chuck and I actually was Willie Lang's idea. Um, and he came to us and said, well, you know, we want to put this band together with just these guys that grew up in Dublin that played music, but not necessarily got to do it on the level that some of us got to play on. So that's where that came out of. And then, um, I did another project with uh, pretty much all the guys from Strapping Young Lad, except Devin Townsend. And Glenn Alvalizer was called Ticket. Right. We never toured on that, but we did a record called Sovereign. A really, really record. So, and I do an ACDC tribute band. I saw so that. I keep my hands busy in a lot of things, Bob. Just so. Yeah, very cool ACDC tribute band with Tom Hunt. Just got to keep myself busy. Yeah. yeah. What What did happen with that tenant? I know uh, you well, obviously had Gene Hoagland and, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Byron Stroud, uh, Jed Simon, which wrote all the music and lyrics. And so uh, Jed said on the project first and Century Media was like, you should probably go find a singer. And I wasn't really, I wasn't in Exodus at the time. And I was uh, doing Dublin Death Patrol and just kind of gingerly on a couple of projects. 
and uh, they got a hold of me and said, "Hey, man, you want to do this?" I said, "Yeah, it'd be like some fun." So he came to uh, um, California, and we did the record, but we never got to play a concert from it. Yeah, that's so, a shame, man. I would love to someday. Right on, right on. One so projects. Yeah. No. Well, talk about, I mean, some of those early uh, uh, Exodus tours, uh, you know, I saw the band uh, uh, several times with you, uh, with Paul Bailoff. I saw the great, uh, uh, great show with, with Venom Slayer and, and Exodus at the uh, Hollywood Palladium. Saw the band several times at Fender's Ballroom and uh, a few other places with both you and, and and Paul singing and saw a few times with Rob Dukes as well. And, you know, think about Exodus is you always know it's just going to be a killer fucking show. It's always consistent, always uh, the ultimate thrash, uh, uh, you know, event. Uh, and you've toured with so many different bands, uh, you know, from, from big to, uh, you know, smaller, uh, you know, thrash metal bills. Uh, what was, uh, particularly in Europe, you did you know, a lot of the big festivals, but you did quite a few package shows uh, here in the States with a lot of different bands. What were some of your favorite tours that you had done uh, in the past? Celtic Front and Avax was a lot of fun. Obviously, Headbangers Ball in 89 because of the, the exposure that that tour got. That was a lot of fun. A lot of the festivals in Europe were fun because that's when you see your friends, you know, when you... You know, you may not see anybody for a couple of years and then all of a sudden they'll be on three or four festivals with you and you hang out backstage and stuff. So I like that. But I mean, if you were to count festivals and touring, there's probably not a band that we have not played with or been on a bill with at some point. You know what I mean? So some fest, we, you know. Festivals we played with Aerosmith, they're the headliner, you know. Some festivals we played with Def Leppard, they're the headliner. We played with we played with Alice in Chains, we played with Metallica, we played with everybody I could think of. Iron Maiden, you know, Ghost, everybody. Wow. To, cool. From anybody from UFO to play Pat Ravers. I mean, we played on festivals with everybody before, so emperor you know behemoth i mean we've gone from one spectrum to the other so it's not really i think we've ne we've never well that'll never happen now never on a festival with van halen and we have never been on a festival with acdc but i'd have to say we played with on a festival with everybody i mean now we've been on tour with everybody with maggot at the sleigh i mean everybody yeah. So I, I was going to ask you, how was it working with uh, Chris yeah, Tangerini? That was cool. And I think we were big. He passed away recently. I know. I know. couple years, actually. Thick. But he did some of our favorite records. I mean, he did Thunder and Lightning by Finn Lizzy. He did um, Renegade. He did Painkiller. He did uh, Sad Wings of Destiny. Painkiller. Um, he did, um, yeah, he worked with Concrete Bond, or uh, he worked with Missing Persons. He did a lot of different other stuff. That was cool working with him. We flew to London and recorded in Battery Studios, which is a, like, you know, everybody from Pink Floyd to Iron Maidens recorded Battery Studios. So it was neat for us. So it was cool. The people we've gotten to work with, 
over the years and, and the things that these eyes have seen is uh, really kind of kind of cool, you know, when it comes down to thinking about the whole career of it all, you know, about from producers to bands we've toured. I mean, we toured with bands that were bigger than us and no smaller than us. Then they got bigger than us. And now they aren't even relevant anymore. And we're still around. So it's, um, it's kind of funny how, you know, full circle has come around kind of. Uh, so obviously we can't talk about the new record yet, but you do plan. I mean, everything's kind of up, up in the air now with the COVID and all that, but do you have any uh, tentative plans for this uh, coming summer or any dates? Uh, I know uh, festivals in Europe, some festivals are still setting scheduling stuff. Is there anything on the schedule for uh, Exodus uh, for perhaps the summer? We have Alcatraz Festival to play. We have, um, we're actually doing Aftershock in um, oh, that's right. Sacramento next October. October. And so, yeah, and so those are are going on. They're all they're all planning that the world is going to be inoculated by June or July, and the second half of the year is going to be a different situation. So a lot of people are booking that right now. But I would say we probably go totally strong. I mean, bang, 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 hit the states and go until two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you know, let, let, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, <laughs> I'll just ask you one one last question. Going back to uh, you, we, we talked about with you know how these thrash bands have been so consistent. Uh, is a lot of because I know back in, in obviously in the eighties and the nineties when you were on Capitol, you know, all these big you know thrash bands and new wave of British heavy metal bands were on. Uh, major labels, and I think all of them, to a, to a sense, had that pressure of the major label to write those hit songs. You got to do this, you know, got to have this producer, got to have a cover song, got to have a co-songwriter. There was a lot of pressure, but I mean, the good thing about these days, you know, people talk about, you know, the labels. Obviously, the labels had the support; they gave you tour support. You had money; you could, you know, travel in a nice bus and whatnot. But going. Today, it seems, you know, like I said, bands like, you know, yourself, Testament, Anthrax, you know, Megadeth are seems stronger than ever. And it seems like you guys got no pressure. So you can just kind of do what you want to do musically. You don't have any pressure to write a hit song or a radio hit. And it seems like it just come come back to form, you know, just back to back to the old school, uh, uh, you know, sound of, of what you guys started back in the early 80s. Is that, is that somewhat true? Do you kind of feel that? Uh, the label no longer, the label no longer depicts on what we do, because before it was like we needed their tour support to make it all happen. Now we make our money on going on the road from showpace and merchandise. We never used to make money on the road before. The record sale whole idea was to go in debt on the road, so you sell a ton of records and it would pay back. Now the whole idea is used as the catalyst and go out on the road and make show pay and money off of merchandise and keep your uh, crew, um, you know, sensible to where you not have a guy, you know, doing a hundred things, you know, a hundred guys doing things you don't need to be spend your money wisely and you can make money. If we spent money wisely back in the day, we'd all, we'd all probably be millionaires now, but like that trip you talk going to Dan Greedy's, 
That trip to England to record that record cost us $275,000 to go do that. Who the hell would spend that on a record now? I mean, just outrageously crazy. So we've learned and we've learned how to make money. And so we nip at the system. Iron Maiden will put a record out and sell 100,000 copies nowadays because people don't really buy records. But they'll go out and they'll sell out every stadium possible. Stadium. That's true, yeah. And everybody there will have an Iron Maiden shirt. And that's what it's for. That's what matters. Absolutely. Maiden. I mean, I think with the genre of, how we do it now, of metal, you could, you know, still do that. Because metal was always a live, live thing. And, uh, you know, and, and Maiden, uh, to be honest, they never sold uh, a ton of records, even in their heyday. I mean, they go platinum and whatnot, but when you're talking about bands like, you know, Motley Crue or Poison or or, or whatever that was selling five, six platinum, Maiden never right. went that far. But they would always sell out two, three times as many people at, at their venues, at their live shows. So absolutely true. And I think that stands true for, for a lot of... That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Zetra, I apologize for all the uh, the technical difficulties. Uh, let, let's go ahead and end here and, and talk about how people could, uh, obviously, you got your YouTube channel, Zetro's Toxic Vault. Uh, and what else? We got the new Exodus album. What, what else could you tell us and how people could get in touch with you? Well, just go to, uh, go to YouTube. Usually every Wednesday, I put a new episode up of Zetro's Toxic Vault. If I don't do an interview or something, I'll probably go live. But uh, you can get it on YouTube. Just search it. I'm on Instagram at Zetridus. And obviously, Exodus Band Official on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find out what we're doing, where our dates are, and where to get merchandise if you're looking for that kind of stuff. All right. Well, Zetro, I appreciate it, man. We will uh, get this posted uh, next week. Uh, hopefully, the sound will be okay. I'm hoping that uh, this is just occurring uh, from my computer. But uh, we will get this going, and I appreciate uh, everything you do. And definitely check out Zetro's Toxic Vault and uh, check out the new Exodus album when it comes out. Hopefully, uh, the the summer we'll get it out. Uh, Persona Grata. Uh, what is it? A Persona Grata? Persona Non Grata. Right. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's do it. All right. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, my friend. All right, Zetro. You take care, man. Thank you for listening to the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. Subscribe and listen to all episodes by going to our pages on iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, Spotify, and more. You can listen to all other episodes and access up-to-date information and news on the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast by going to our website at www.shockwaveskullsessions.com. Email all comments, questions, and suggestions to shockwaveskullsessions at gmail.com. Hey everybody, Chris Aiken from the CMS Podcast Network, and if you are a person that likes to watch our videos, whether it's Classic Metal Show, Talk To Me, Skull Sessions, or Aftershocks, do not do it on YouTube. Do you hear me? Do not do it on YouTube. Go to fupal.com, F-V-I-E-W-P-A-L.com.